It is the living word of God. And I have received it. I have it all. I haven't missed a thing. Today, a part of it will be set ablaze. I will never be the same. Tell your neighbor, you'll never be the same. And speak with the church, say, we'll never be the same. In Jesus' holy name. And the church shouted out, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And in the word, if you will, turn with me to First Chronicles chapter number 11 here this morning. First Chronicles chapter number 11 here this morning. What a blessing it is to be able to come to another uh, Christmas in my life, 55 years. And as I have stood and prayed this week, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, do you want me to bring a regular Christmas message? And he basically said, no. He said, I want you to continue on where we're going. Because as it stands right now, Pastor Sissy, living water has in front of us the God-ordained opportunity. God has put an opportunity in front of us, and he's asked us if we're going to be willing to do what he wants us to do. And I believe that it's a lot closer than what we think for the Lord to really show up and to show out. I've been ready for it. And Thelma told I've been praying, I've been preaching, I've been laboring, I've been sitting all over you and all that stuff. <laughs> trying to get you awakened to the fact that God has something for you to do. Amen? Turn to your neighbor here this morning and repeat this after me. Say, your greatest regret at the end of your life will be the lions you did not chase. I'm going to say that again. Your greatest regret at the end of your life will be the lions you did not chase. The Bible says the devil is a roaring lion. He goes about seeking whom he may devour. Roaring. Now, a roaring lion does not bother you. He just tries to scare you a little bit. Puts a little bit of fear in you. The devil's primary weapon in life is fear. The way he stops the church is causing them to be scared. He shut the church down because they were scared of the COVID. He shut the church down because they were scared of what a little teeny virus that you can't even see up under a microscope could do. But thanks be to God, there is some mighty warriors of God that rose up and said, it don't matter how big that virus has gotten, my God is bigger than that. Amen. In the next coming weeks, we're going to be talking about just how big God actually is. Some of you are going to get an amazing jolt of your faith, and you're going to leave out of here and realize that the God that you have chosen to serve in your life is a way bigger than what you ever can imagine in your life. I thank God today that God has called this church. Now, in the end of your life, you're going to look back, and you're going to longingly look back over your life at all the risks that you did not take. And as you look back at all that risk that you not take, you'll see that there were opportunities that you had that you didn't seize. And you'll also see that there were dreams that you had that you did not pursue. The word opportunity, and I preached on that several times, the word opportunity, the word op means things hidden, things in the dark. Port means everything is coming to port. The word tune means everything's in unity, everything's in tune, everything's in rhythm, everything is working wonderful, everything is working great. And as we look at that, everything that is hidden in the back is coming to port. Everything is in tune. 
And then it has the word unity in it, meaning everything's in unity. So God has got everything that you need in your life to fulfill everything he's called you to do. And in this year, 2022, God said, I have it in ports. What has happened in the physical has already happened in the heavenlies. If you paid any attention to the news, you see that there are a, sh- a, a supply chain crisis, that there are ships outside of our ports that are not able to come in and unload their supplies. There's not enough of truck drivers to get you everything that you need. Trains have shut down. Planes are not flying like they're supposed to. Things are not happening the way it should. So God is saying, if that's happened in the physical, it's going on in the spiritual. So God is saying, I have everything outside the ports. I have them on my spiritual boats. I have them on my spiritual trains. I have them on my spiritual planes. I have sent them. In other words, the scripture says it like this. He says, the camels are coming. The camels are coming to help you get through the wilderness. Everything you need to make it through the wilderness is going to be on that camel. Every bit of supply that you need is going to be on that camel. Everything that you need to make it through the wilderness and the dark places and the deserts in your life, God said, I have it in port. But you got to realize even when you don't see it, I'm still working. Even when you don't feel it, I'm still working. Even when you don't know it, I'm still working. I got it in port and I need you to get in tune with that and show up at the port so that you can get what you need to accomplish what I want done here in 2022. Amen. So based on that truth, God wants us to stop running away from what scares us. Hmm. You got to quit running away from the thing that scares you the most. I picked up Dorothy this morning and she told me, I hope she don't mind me saying She says, I'm a little anxious, but it's a good anxious. I said, well, that's wonderful. She said, I, I realize now reading the word that I've been anxious and that's a lack of trust in the Lord. Someone say amen. amen. Thank God that God can talk to anybody right. whenever he needs to and yeah. speak to them right in the living room and share with them what needs to be done. Amen. amen. And there comes a time in your life, don't matter how old you are, you have got to quit running away from the things that scares you the most. And you've got to start chasing the God-ordained opportunities that God has laid before you. Amen. amen. Now, whether you realize it or not, all this year you have had opportunities laid before you. You could have maximized your finances. You could have maximized your health. You could have filled this church up. You could have filled your whole house up. You could have done some wonderful things if we'd have seized the day and took the opportunity to do what we need to do. Amen. Amen. The problem in the church is the church is in a valley of decision. The entire church is in a valley of decision. It's nothing has happened in the church for so long that they don't really know if this is God talking to them or not. So they're sitting back waiting to see. They're waiting to see if Lib's going to catch on to it. They're waiting to see if Jack's going to move. They're waiting to see if Birdie's going to move. They're waiting to see if the preacher's going to move. And I want you to know today, God said the only way you're going to be able to seize the opportunity and be blessed under me is if you decide it don't matter if John moves, if Angie moves, if Lib moves. It don't matter if Kip stays home. I'm moving to go get what God's got for me. Someone say amen. So you have got to start seizing the opportunities that God has laid in front of you. Now, I want to share with you, although everything that is hidden is coming into port and it's getting in tune and it's unified and you and I are tied and all of that there, although that's there does not mean that you can go to the port and get everything that is yours without a fight. Smile at that beside you and say, if you're going to have what God's got for you, you got to learn to fight, girl. You've got to learn how to fight. You have got to flex your Holy Ghost muscles. 
You got to quit acting like you're a victim. You got to quit acting like you're a patient. You got to quit acting like that the devil has broke you down and busted you down and you're so disgusted and so oppressed and so depressed and walking to church with your lips dragging the floor. You got to quit all that stuff and you have got to seize the opportunity that God's laid in front of you. And when you do it, you will come out victorious. My grace, I wish I could preach. Amen. So for the next few months, and based upon the last few sermons that I have preached to this church, God has told me I want you to come in and give them an encouraging word for the next year. And that's what I'm here for today. I've delivered to you some some churches, uh, some, some sermons here in the church, and God has entitled them and delivered a certain point to each and every one of you. And God now has got us prepared or getting us prepared for a major advance. Look at somebody say, we're about to make a big move. I started preaching on this and a shift in my preaching when I titled the message, You're Standing at the Threshold. Brother Tim was here that day. I had him stand at the threshold. And I told you all we have to do in the middle of that period of time while we're standing waiting on God is raise a hallelujah. Amen. All we got to do is praise the Lord in the middle of that threshold. We're in an open door waiting for God to tell us when we need to move. And it's time for our church to step forward. And now God is saying it's time for us to get off the threshold because your greatest opportunity lays before you. Amen. And I began to preach a little bit later on. I come back and I preached a message entitled, It's Almost Over. Everybody holler out and say, It's Almost Over. Thank God it's almost over. Thank God the coronavirus is almost over. Thank God that what hell has tried to do to live in water worship center is almost over. Thank God for all that hell has tried to do in our life that it's almost over. We're about to enter in onto a divine highway that no devil can go and travel on. And the territory God is about to put you in, hell will not be able to touch you because for once in your life, once in your life, hell is going to have a problem with you instead of you having a problem with hell. Mm -hmm. Then I come back and I said, in a little while, God's going to go out and he's going to step into your situation. How many is beginning to see God step in your situation? I thank God he stepped in my situation here a little while ago. I thank God he stepped into the situation here at Living Water Worship Center. And the minute he stepped in there, the devil didn't like it too good, so he kicked up his heels a little bit. But it don't matter what the devil's doing. God said, I'm here now. I'm here now. I'm standing in the presence now. I'm in your territory now. Then I followed up and I come back to you and I preach now it's springing forth. Now it's springing forth. Everybody make that profession with me today. Say now it's springing forth. God said, I'm going to do a brand new thing, and now it's springing forth. Now it's springing forth. You ain't got to wait on it two more weeks. You ain't got to wait on it four more years. He says, now it's coming up out of the ground. Everything that I have had for you and all the seeds you have planted and put in the grave, he said, I am springing it up for you, and you're about to reap your harvest. Amen. Someone just give God a good hand clap of praise. So God says that you have this harvest coming, but then he followed up right behind that one. He said that we're entering into the countdown to the showdown. All right, now. All right. <laughs> Look at your neighbor say that we're fixing to have a showdown. <laughs> oh, I'm fixing to see demons going to fight angels and angels going to win. I'm going to see the Holy Ghost show up and run the principalities of hell out of the church, out of your family, out of your finances, out of your health, out of the local community. He's going to begin to run them out of the crack houses and you're going to see crack houses straighten up and get in line with Almighty God. We're about to have a showdown in the house. Amen. Then I went on and I preached a little bit more. God had me come back and he said, I want you to preach a message and give them a message and say, hey, in case you hadn't noticed yet, we're moving. 
We're on the move. Oh my Lord, we're taking a move now. We're moving now. And I'm going to tell you, it ain't easy when you move. I got to move in the next, next week or so. And I told Tina yesterday, I said, boy, I dread it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sign every one of y'all a job to do while I'm moving so I can sit back and sit back. Tina and I have been moving for a year and God has been moving here. And if it happened in the physical, God is saying it's happening in the spiritual. So now he's saying everybody's moving. And if you'll turn around and you'll look here today, I can name a few on this side. Let's do that. There's Sister uh, Pastor Sissy is moving. Tim's already made a move. Tom's made a move. Larissa's is making a move. Janice has made a move. Dorothy's made a move. Here we have Ben and them making a move. Just on that side and on this side, whether you decided that you're going to move yet or not, you're about to move one way or the other. God is about to move. Amen. So when God begins to do things like that in the physical, he says, pay attention to the spiritual because something's happening. Amen. Amen. So not only did I follow that up with another message, I come back and God said to tell you I'm about to show off just for you. Uh, Thank God God's about to show off just for me. Thank God that he loved me enough that he said I'm going to show off just for you. Amen. Then I began to preach and I began to get a little concerned because I saw, saw some things that was happening and I began to get a little concerned. I began to pray and I come up here and I told you, I, said, I ain't got no title for this message. I just need to tell you what I see out there and what I'm feeling. And in the middle of that message, God gave a word and he said, don't despair, be prepared. <laughs> tell someone, say, don't you despair now. You got to get prepared. God's going to move and do some things. Then last Sunday, I preached a message entitled, Pick Up Your Stones. Slap that right beside of you and say, you got to pick them stones up. <laughs> you got to act like David in front of your Goliath. Pick up that stone. And every stone you're picking up, you got to prophesy. This one here's for Goliath. This one's for your spoilership. And this one here's for his other brother. And this is for his other brother. And this is for the other brother. In other words, God is saying your actions today will determine what your future is going to be. So look at your neighbor and say, pick up them stones. Then I followed up and I preached. Wednesday night, Sunday night, Wednesday night, one another. I don't remember what it was, but I hollered out. And I told everybody to say, it's your pea patch. (laughs) This is your pea patch. When the enemy comes in your pea patch, it might look insignificant. It might look like that it ain't going to matter if he takes that pea patch. But let me share something with you. That is your territory. That is what God gave you. And it don't matter how much you think it's insignificant. You need to understand that if the devil gets that place in your life, he can take a mile. And it's time for you to rise up and defend your pea patch. Just sit down beside and say, stand your ground. If you'll stand your ground in the middle in the right position of your pea patch, you better believe and you better understand. The Bible said God defended that field. So it ain't you that's going to win the battle. It's going to be God that's going to roll a great work in and through you and by you. Thank you. So everybody just holler out and say, I ain't got nothing to worry about. Oh, I wish I could get that just drilled down deep inside everyone because we don't have nothing to worry about. Amen. So, Today God wants to give us a new directive and he wants to inspire you. In 1 Chronicles chapter number 11, verse number 22, when the church has that, say amen. I hadn't even read my scripture. I've already preached for 15 minutes. I, I, I hope that I can preach long enough to make you hungry enough you'll stay and eat with us. Amen. And the word reads in verse 22, it says, Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of Kebzeel, who had done many acts, 
He slew two lion-like men of Moab. Let me explain to you what I'm talking about here. Many of you probably never heard this in your life. Lion-like men were uh, uh, hybrid men. They were part angels and they were part men. They were when the sons of God came down from heaven and they began to marry the women here on this earth. And as they married them, they made they, they created these individuals, and that's where we get the stories about werewolves and all this stuff from. They were hybrid individuals, and they were strong champions. And in Chronicles, First Prince Chronicles, chapter twelve, verse eight, it said that they had a face like a lion, and they could move like a gazelle. They were fast; they could fight. So this man Benaniah, and that ain't my message today. We'll preach about that a little bit later on. But Benaniah, he 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 literally has come against these great big old giants, and now. To there was a two on a one type of situation. It was a tag team match, but he didn't have no partner other than him and God. And God carried him through the situation, and he defeated these two great champions against Moab. Now read what happened next. And it said, also he went down and slew a lion in the pit on a snowy day. And he slew an Egyptian, a man of great statue. A man of great statue, five cubits high. In the Bible, five cubits high meant that he was almost 11 feet tall. He was almost 11 feet tall. And you know, when you're in a boxing ring and you look at the people that are fighting each other, if one has a longer reach than another one, that's the one that they say is the odds-on favorite. Because if I got a longer reach than Tim, when Tim starts coming to me trying to hit me, I can hit him before he ever even gets close to me. So this guy, by the power of Almighty God, Benaniah, stood in front of a lever right at 11 foot giant, a giant that had power. He said that his hand literally was huge. And as you look at it, he had a stretch and a reach. And every time Ben and I run him in the natural, he could have slapped him before he ever got to him. But something happened with the power that God placed in the anointing God put on him that he was able to take this Egyptian down by the power of Almighty God. Then it went on further. It said, and his spear was like a weaver's beam. If you don't know what a weaver's beam is, it would not even fit here in this house. If I stood right here and I put it, it would go through the ceiling. That's how big his strength, his his spear was. When he stood on the side of him, he was taller than this situation right here. And that your weaver's beam was strong enough that if he wanted to, he could hold it out and he could touch John back yonder from where I'm standing at right now. That's how big the enemy was. Now, if you're falsified in the enemy like that in your life, it's natural for you to have a little bit of fear come in your life. Amen? Amen. But he went on, and it said there, listen what happened. It said, and he took and plucked the spear. Look, oh, let me go back a little bit. He said his spear was like a weaver's beam, and he went down to him with a staff. He didn't, he, he went to him. Remember what Hallow said? He went to the giants. He didn't wait for the giant to come to him. He went and he faced the giant. Tell that beside him, say, you got to face your giant. He said he went down to that giant and he went down with him with a staff. With a staff. A piece of wood about this long. A staff. Not even that long. Something to walk with. Maybe about half of that. And he went down Larice and he stood and he faced that giant right straight in his face. And he, the Bible says that he walked out of there of a victor. Now, let me share with you how God used him to bring the victory. Someone say amen already. Amen. I'm going to help you out here this morning. Amen. amen. 
He said he went down to him and he plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and he slew him with his own spear. Ain't my message today, but let me just give you this for nothing. Amen. Is that all right? Won't cost you a thing. Amen. That weapon that the devil's trying to use against you, that weapon is the weapon that God is going to use to take the devil out of your life this year. That fear that hell is trying to get you to throw your hands up on, that is going to be the very weapon that God is going to take and put in your hand and you're going to use it against the enemy and you're going to come out victorious. Someone shout out Amen. Amen. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. These things did Benaniah, the son of Jehadiah, and had the name among the three mighties. Behold, he was honorable among the three, 30, but attained not to the first three. And David set him over his guard. This man was such a man that, that David himself chose him to be his bodyguard. How many would love to have a bodyguard like that? I said, how many would love to have a bodyguard like that? I said, how many would love to have a bodyguard like that? Well, you got one. His name's Yeshua, Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost is on your side. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You got a bodyguard. He's taking care of you before you go anywhere. He's already took care of you way back there. He's taking care of you on your left and on your right. He's over the top of you. Wherever you go, he's taking care of you. He is your bodyguard. You ain't got to wish for a bodyguard like Ben and I. You got the bodyguard. You got the best bodyguard that there's ever been in your life. And if you can walk in faith, he'll take every giant in your life down. Amen. So our directive today is inspired by one of the most obscure, but yet the most courageous acts that there is recorded in Scripture. It's a blessed act, and it's an audacious act, and this act that Ben and I did left no regrets. I want you to tell your neighbor, say, leave no regrets. In your life, that's the one thing that you're called to do. As you look back to your life, the Bible says you are to redeem the time, and as you redeem the time, you are to leave no regrets. Amen. I want you, and here's the title of my message this morning. I want you to look at that person right beside of you and say, Not this time. I refuse to be normal. Devil, you ain't going to get it this time. I refuse to be normal. No, devil, you ain't going to make me sick this time because I refuse to be normal. No, devil, you ain't going to bind me down this time because I refuse to be normal. I'm not going to be broke, busted, and disgusted. Not this time because I refuse to be normal. I'm going to be abnormal. I'm going to be out of the circle. I'm going to be essential. I'm going to be different than what I've ever been before in my life. You got me all this time, but not this time, devil. I refuse to be normal. I will not allow you to come into my life. I will not give you my pee patch. I will not give you my funeral. I will not give you my life. I will not give you my funeral. Not this time, devil. Thank you. Thank you, God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Not this time. Not this time. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on now. Today, God wants to talk to you and he wants to talk to me and he wants to give you the faith for you to go forward and do the things that you have previously blown off in your life as extreme. Things that you have said, no, I can't do that. God wants to talk to you and he wants to talk to those of us here today who are tired of being comfortable. Uh 
Uh-huh. I'm tired of being comfortable. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being comfortable. I'm tired of having church just being comfortable. God desires to release you here this morning from the fear of the unknown in your life. God wants to deliver you here this morning. He wants you to start chasing the lions in your life that he's placed right before you, and he wants to challenge each and every one of us to pray some God-sized prayers so we can go do some God-sized things and expect him to answer them. God-sized prayers this year in the power of Almighty God. Mm -hmm. Are y'all ready this morning? Amen. God wants to change everything that there is about you this year. He wants to change your mindset. He wants to change your point of view. He wants to change your acceptance of how things have been going in your life and how you've accepted things in your life. He wants to change your entire Christian behavior. He wants to move into your mind and clear it of all of that fear that the enemy's put in your life. He wants to change how you use the Holy Ghost to win your victories here in this life. Mm. Well, I want to preach this morning. The Holy Ghost is just all over me. I'm ready to break loose because this morning, God here in Living Water Worship Center has come and sent a lookout station here in this place and assigned the agents from heaven. And he says, I'm looking for some line chasers in the house this morning. I'm looking for some people instead of the lion chasing them that they're ready to go out and chase the lion. I'm looking for some people that's literally ready to grab their life by the mane. I'm here looking for some people who are more afraid of missing a God-ordained opportunity than making a few mistakes in their life. I'm looking for some people that will not let hell scare them. You scared him from having what God's gave you. Turn around to somebody and say, not this time. I will not be normal. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I believe y'all happy this morning. Amen. Come on. Praise the Lord. Amen. Those, he's looking for those people that know every time that we have failed in our life to step out and seize the day and take the opportunity that God has laid before us and chase the lions that hell has sent against us. We have robbed God of the glory that he wants to have in our life. And the day God said, I'm going to pump enough of faith in you that when hell shows up, you're going to sweep them out of your life, out of your family, out of your church, and out of your culture, and you're going to direct a boundary and demand that he leaves you you alone from here on out. Thank you, Lord. So God is looking for some Benaniahs here in the church this morning. Ask your neighbor right beside me, say, are you Benaniah? He's looking for a Benaniah that will go after a dream. A dream that is destined to fail without God's intervention. He's looking for a person that looks at what God wants him to do and say, if I go do it by myself, it'll definitely fail. But Lord, I'm moving in the power and in the faith and in the belief and the trust that you have given my heart and what Jesus has done for me. And I know without you, it'll fall on his face. But I'm moving forward because I know you're going to work a great work in and through and by me. And I will. Mm. Everybody say, not this time. Be normal. I ain't gonna act like I'm normal. If you think I'm crazy yet, just wait a few more minutes. 
If you think I lost my mind yet, just wait another year. Just wait just a little bit more longer. Because when God begins to show off for me and He begins to show you just who He is and just who I am, that's when I'm going to let you know just how crazy I can actually be. My God is about to change the living room to worship center in 2022. No more broke, busted, and disgusted children that's walking around with their lips dragging the floor. We're going to rise up in the power of Almighty God and wrestle that weapon out of that enemy's hand and use that weapon to drive him to the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Everybody just holler and say, not this time. Now in your life, if you're going to do what you want for your future and what God wants for you in your future, you need to realize that your future and what God is wanting to do for your future is hiding right in the biggest problem that you've got going on in your life right now. It's hiding in your worst failure that you've ever had in your life. It's hiding in your greatest fear that you have ever experienced in your life. The greatest opportunities that we ever have in our life are still the scariest lions that you will ever face in your life. It will be when impossible odds are stacked all against you and the stage is being set up in your life for an amazing miracle from Almighty God. When God begins to set you up like that there, he begins to break something loose. And when he breaks something other loose, he's going to break it over with you. Write this down. I ain't got time to put on it. This is, we're going to talk about this. This is going to be one of our mottos for the next few services. Write it down. Put it in memory. And hear what I say. It says a whole lot of words in one little sentence. Listen very good. It says, to the infinite. To the infinite. To the infinite, all finites are equal. To the infinite, all finites are equal. Say it again. And to the infinite, all finites are equal. What that means is it don't matter how big Jack's giant is. It don't matter how big John's giant is. It don't matter if your giant's bigger than mine. It don't matter if your problem's bigger than mine. It don't matter if your financial condition's in a worse situation than mine. It don't matter if you're sicker than I am. It don't matter if you broke down more than I am. It don't matter if you're broken, busted, and disgusted more than I am. It's all equal in the eyes of our Heavenly Father. And God said, I love you just as much as I love anybody else. And I will intervene on your have. All things is finite, is finite, and is equal in the eyes of Almighty God. God can do it for you just like He does it for me. Amen. Come on now. Look at somebody say, I'm destined. I'm destined by God to chase and defeat the lion. How many believe that this morning? You've been called by God to chase that lion. You've been called to defeat that lion. You've been called to take that your line and move them out of your life. You have been called to stop that lion from doing what that lion's been doing in your life for 55, 25, 55, 65, 75 years. It is time for you to rise up in your calling. It's time for you to say, I am Bill Lion. And Bill, it won't happen this way. Because I will not be normal this time. You have finally got to somebody. Everybody say, I'm destined destined. to chase and defeat that line. line. 
Oh, the preach. devil ain't liking that this morning. Preach it, preach it, preach it. Hold it out there, and yes. Leah comes out there with the wine catcher and begin to take that wine and come make that wine lay down there and say, don't you never move again and shut his roaring up. And a lot that whole family is getting straightened out with Almighty God. All God needs is somebody to stand up in some faith and realize that everything to God in the finite world is equal. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Historians tell us that in that period of time, what was happening in the middle of a cold winter, that all of a sudden people began to realize that their cows and their cattle was being eaten, and uh -huh. they didn't know what it was. Then it come up that one of them was mauled by a lion, and they began to understand that a, a human being was mauled by the lion. Mm -hmm. It says in history there in Israel that it was one of Benaniah's relatives that the lion jumped on and mauled him and killed him. And when he found out that it was a lion that come and killed his baby, let me tell you what, if you ever had a warrior rise up, it, right. it rose up then. I don't know about you, you can do a whole lot of things to me, but when you start messing with that one right there, or you start messing with that one right there, or you start messing with one of y'all out there, you're going to see the warrior come out of me. And when they come out of me, it don't matter how big a lion you is, it don't matter how many you took out before, you got a problem with me, and I got a problem with you, and I ain't going to wait for you to come to my farm. I'm going where you at, and I'm going to get it, and I'm going to hack it, and I'm going down where you at and I'm going to chase the line. Look at someone say chase the line. Can the preacher preach just a little bit this morning? Amen. Ben and I heard about that there and he set off starting to chase that line. Now we don't know exactly how everything went down. It was just brought about there. We don't know what the time of day was. I don't really know what Benaniah's frame of mind was. All I know is is that Tim, he made up his mind that lion is going to be mine. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, say that line is going to be mine. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are told, however, that when he found out about what was going on, we found out how he reacted. And when he reacted, he reacted in an abnormal way. He didn't act normal. He turned around and he acted abnormally. Normally, if a lion was to appear in front of you, and over you, uh, what would you do? You'd turn tail and you would run, would you? And anybody that was close to you, you'd say, run! <laughs> so, Ben and I won't normal that day because normal people, they run from lines. But I want the devil to hear us this morning. I want you to look at somebody right beside me and say, I'm not normal. Say it again say, I'm not normal. You can call me crazy if you want to. That's a compliment. You can call me stupid and stupid if you want to. That's a compliment. I ain't normal. I ain't wanting to be normal. I don't want to be classified as normal. I don't want to be classified as being in the center. I want to be the one that will rise up and bring the power of Almighty God. Line chasers are wired different than normal people. Line chasers does things that normal people won't never do. Normally, when one looks their eyes in the line, all of a sudden your pupils begin to dilate, your muscles tense up, the adrenaline hits you, your blood pressure escalates, and the man begins to run like a scaredy cat, and that line begins to chase after them, and after a while, the king of beasts comes up and he has man witches for supper. <laughs> That's normally what happens. Everybody holler out and say, but, but not this time. <laughs> 
<laughs> not this time, but not this time. Not that they want no man witches that was laid out there on the plate for the king of the beast. There was some lion sandwiches that was laying out there for him to eat. There was a line that went down under the power of Almighty God. It was impossible for a man to go and kill a lion. Almost as impossible as you falling up. Normally we fall down. It's hard to fall up, amen. It was so unnatural. It would be like your clock stopped clicking and going counterclockwise and started clicking going the other way. Usually the lion runs the man and the lion gives chase. But this time, the lion turned around and began to run and Benaniah gave chase after him. Now I want you to stop and I want you to consider something. Lions, when they are full grown, they weigh over 500 pounds. They have yellow eyes and they can see in the dark. They can see a lot better than you ever see in your life. They can run 35 miles an hour. And if they wanted to jump on John, they can stand all the way back at the back of this field and they can take one leap and they can jump 30 foot in the air to grab a hold of their prey. Usually, when you go fighting a lion, the lion gonna take you out. Usually you can't run faster than a lion. A man runs 20 miles. Usually you can't see as far ahead as the lion does. And if you're in the middle of a dark pit, you can't see nothing in front of your eyes, but that lion can see everything that's going on. Usually the lion's teeth is about four foot or four, uh, four times larger than what your feet is, and his teeth would have enough of power to bite into your hand and break every bone in your body. And with one swap of his paw, he could crush every brain, every, every uh, bone. And there he is in your score. Bear my heart out and say, Not this time. <laughs> but now I don't seem to stand a second chance. I had a dream, and this is why I come to this today. And God's got a way, Janice, of sharing how God, where we want to leave. I, I dreamed I was in a theater. And in that theater, that their surround sound was going, you know, all that music, that bass music, and everything, like this right here. And all of a sudden, uh, we see this line. And, 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 I, and I see this man lock eyes. And it's like they look at each other for a few minutes. And the lion roars. And the man roars. The lion roars louder and the man roars louder. And the lion stands back waiting to see if the man's going to move to him. Who's going to move first? And all of a sudden the man starts running toward the lion. And the music just goes, oh, I tell you. And all of a sudden, something other happens as he's running away from him. That lion is running. And all of a sudden, that lion falls down into a pit. And here comes the man up to that pit. And he stands there and he looks down in that dark pit. And all they can see is some yellow eyes looking up at him. Roaring. And I was all tensed up in my dream. And, and, and I, I said, boy, you don't need to go down there after that lion. And in my dream, I, I saw this boy turn around. And he began to walk away just a little bit. And I said, well, good. He's got some sense. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he turned around, darted, and he began to run just as hard as he could possibly run. Snow all over the place. because the mist coming out of his face. And when he got to that pit, he dove off of that pit and come down there. And all of a sudden, the, the, the camera panned out. And it showed the, the various tracks of the line that went down in there. And it showed the tracks of the man that went down in the pit. And all you heard was the riding line just roaring and having a time. And what I thought in my mind was that that their man was killed by that lion. I had not been reminded in my mind about this scripture. 
And then after a while, the screen went dark. And then the screen come up. Music began to play. And all of a sudden, a man come up out of the pits. Scarred all up, all over his face. Blood all over the place. And he stands up. And Benaniah walks out of that pit in the power of Almighty God. Look at somebody say, not this time. God's in the business, Tim, of strategically placing you and positioning you in the right place at the right time. The problem is, it don't feel like it's the right time most of the time. It don't feel like you're in the right place at the right time. Matter of fact, the minute you get in the right place, the devil's going to try to start telling you you don't belong here. Well, things ain't right over there, so I can't be over there because that's not the right place. Y'all with me this morning? Amen. So God's got a way of positioning you and putting you in the right place at the right time. I want you to know encountering a lion in the wild on a cold, snowy day when it's been mighty tough finding yourself over there in a pit with a line, not being able to see in front of your face. That literally is a terrible, horrible, no good, very, 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 very bad day. If you're in the pit with a line this morning, that's usually a bad day and it usually spells out death in your life. Are y'all with me this morning? No one would get on Benaiah and would tell him he needs to run and fight that line. In fact, if you were the ones that was placing some bets on him, you wouldn't bet on him because you would think that line would take him out. But when the battle was over, there was two sets of those human uh, human footsteps leading away from that pit. And there was one set of Paul Prince going in there because the power of God moved on this man and he made up his mind, I'm not going to be normal in this hour. I am sick and tired of this line coming and killing my crop. I'm sick and tired of him coming to kill my livestock. And boy, you touch my family. When you touch my family, you touch me. And if you took my family, you're going to pay the price for what you done. In my family. Amen. Amen. Everybody look at somebody say, not this time. Not what I began to realize is two verses later, the Bible says that he literally was put over the bodyguard of King David himself. I'm here to tell you, I can't think of one place that I would rather not be in my life than being in a pit with a lion on a cold and snowy day in the dark. The only other place I can think that I wouldn't want to be is hell. Thank God that I ain't got to live my life in a pit with a lion in the darkness with a snowy day. Amen. It's not on my Christmas list to see that guy like that or to see that lion like that. Amen. It's not my death wish. That ain't the way I want to go. I want to be able to sit on a recliner and say, Lord, I'm tired. Let's come on and get me. That's what I want to do. I ain't want to fight no lion to my death. Amen. But you got to admit something. When you say I killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day, that's pretty impressive on your resume, ain't it? Oh, I can just see King David sitting there going through resumes and he's looking at this one over here and one said, well, I majored in security over at Jerusalem Tech and he said, no, I ain't want you. And another said, well, I've done an internship over there with the palace guard. He said, no, I don't want you. And another said, well, I worked for the prison system for 40 years and I dealt with all them criminals over there. He said, no, 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 not you. And then he flipped over there to that one there and says, well, I worked over there with Brink Security and I can take care of you. He said, no, I don't want you either. But then he flips to that and says, I killed a lion on a snowy day in the middle of a pit I killed three giants two 
two of them were the champions of Moab and they come against me and they fought me one on one, one on one, two on one and now I kill every both of them and I stood up in front of an 11 foot giant and I took his very weapon that he was going to use to kill me and took it from him and I killed him in the power of Almighty God and I just hear David saying, all right, I want you to come on here. Come on. I ain't going to check your references. I ain't going to call out y'all and find out what you've been, where you come from. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you wear. Come on. It's time. Come on. Look at somebody. I'm going to chase my line in the name of Jesus. If you're that kind of person this morning, you're the type of person that I want protecting me. I want y'all protecting me. If you can take out a lion, that's what I want in my life. If you can take down some giants, that's who I want in my life. Most would have seen a 500-pound problem. Most of them would have seen and considered that being in the pit with that lion on a snowy day was absolutely the worst thing that could ever happen to them in their life. But thank God, baby, God turns breaks into breakthroughs. Thank God that God, when you get down, broke, busted, and disgusted, it looks like hell is going to take you out when it's finally at the point that you can't do it yourself. God said, I will not share my glory with another. I will show up and I'll show off for you and my glory will be had in my kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I ain't tell you, neighbor, I was so say you're the kind of person I want. See, what was happening is Ben and I wouldn't just chasing the line. He was chasing the position in the king's administration. And I want you to know here today, God is in the resume building business. And he's looking through resumes at Living Water this morning. And he's looking at your past experiences. Because he knows it's your past experiences that prepare you for your future ones. He also knows that most of the God-given opportunities that he has given unto us is disguised as man-eating lions. And how you react to those man-eating lions in your life is going to determine your destiny. Amen. God told me to come tell you for 2022 if you don't take any risk. That's the greatest risk you'll ever take in your life. If you don't start doing something crazy and follow the thing that God wants you to do, that's the craziest thing you're going to have in your life. There's two types of regrets in your life, and the Bible ministers about them. One of them is the type of regret that you wish you had done something different than what you already done. Some of y'all under the sound of my voice, you wish to God you'd have married somebody else. But there's another type of regret, and that's the type of regret of, act, of inaction. Wishing you'd have done something anyway. Instead of sitting back and looking. The Bible calls them sins of commission and sins of omission. Things that you commit to do and you wish you could have done it a little bit different. Things that you omitted to do when you should have done something. You know you should have talked to that granddaughter. You know you should have talked to that grandson. You know you should have made some type of effect to go in and straighten out your finances instead of just sitting them there building your your bills building up. Instead of you going and getting your bills out of that mailbox and taking them and throwing them on the counter and never opening them up, God said you got to start doing something. That's the right. thing right. to handle your problem. And when you began to commit in your life that you're going to handle your problem, that's when God will begin to move and do something Amen. for you. Amen. Amen. What's been going on in the church for years is the church has been defined by what they don't do instead of what they do do. 
And just because you are trying your best to be good does not negate the fact that there's some badness in your life too. Just because you can do nothing wrong does not mean that you do anything right. Oh, I'm preaching this morning. I'm slowing down just to be clear. God wants you to hear it. But I want to know here this morning, is there anyone here that's just tired of this reactive Christianity? I'm tired of Christianity that's known for what it's against. I want a Christianity that will rise up and be proactive. I'm ready for Christianity that become lion chasers because lion chasers are proactive. They're, they're tired of playing it safe. They're ready to take some risks. They got, I look out always for the God-ordained opportunities that He has laid in front of us. God right now has laid an opportunity out for this church. He wants to use this church to revive this region. He wants to use you to revive yourself and your family. He's going to use you to bring a revival like you've never seen in your life. And every opportunity that God lays in front of you is a gift of God to you. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And what you do with it is your gift back to Him. It is the hardest thing when you have to take a gift that God has given unto you and give it back to God. That's why we have funerals. We have breathing processes. There are some of you under the sound of my voice when Christmas comes around next week. That little one's not going to be there with you. God gave you that gift. You blessed were blessed by that gift. God used that gift to bless you, to keep you, protect you, and you were to honor him, honor her, and do what needed to be done in their life. They're gone now. They're in heaven now. It was hard for you to give that gift back to God. But giving that gift back to God is your opportunity to change things in your life. That's your opportunity to give more honor to that person that you've ever given them in their life. It's your time in your life for you to commit your life to God like he or she would have wanted you to do and to fight the lions and to chase the lions and defeat the lions in your life. It is time for you to honor them and give that gift back to him. Because that's a great opportunity that he gave you. He gave you that little grandpa that prayed for you that would be there for you no matter what. Because he wants you to have grandchildren that you can be there for no matter what. That you can teach the word of Almighty God. That you can preach the word of Almighty God. He wants you to begin to be proactive. Tell your neighbor right beside say, it's time for you to grab the lion by the mane. It's time for you to reach out and grab him by the mane. What happened later on in life is Benaniah, as he began to move from being one of David's mighty men, he began to be one of David's bodyguards. He was the one that led up the bodyguard of David. And later on when Solomon began to be king, he was the general over the army. So God right now has been setting you up with the opportunities that is laying before you, the lions that is trying to chase you. God has put all of them in your life because he wants you to turn around and start chasing that lion because great is your reward, great is your future, the position that you're going to have a year down the road is going to be completely different than what you've got right now if you can only learn that you were in the wrong place at the right time and there in that place you didn't act like you were normal you acted abnormal amen, amen. turn that right beside and say not this time I refuse to be normal Ben and I was in the valley of decision run away or give chase to this line this morning you are in the valley of decision. Will you run away from this lion? Or will you give chase to this lion? Will you this morning 
Take your old shoes off and slip your feet into the sandals of Benaiah. Will you unseize your sword and stand there in front of that giant? And reach out and grab the weapon that that giant has in front of you and wrestle that weaver's beam out of him and take him out of your life once and for all and for good. Amen. Amen. Will you this year commit to learning the skills that you need to climb up out of the slipperiest and most snowy-filled pit there is in your life and chase the world's biggest lions? Will you? If you will then God is ready for you to overcome some adversity. God is ready for you to quit looking at that problem like it is your doing. Quit looking at that problem like that problem is going to take you out. Well, I can't be happy and not have no money. Well, I can't be you was born without any. That's right. Tell it. I can't be happy without pain. Why not? Because you were born without any. Tell it. You got a life in your life where you can go to heaven and you won't ever have any pain. Why in the world can't we stand up and unlearn all them fears in our life? Well, I can't do that there because I'm tired of hearing that there. You can do all things through Jesus Christ that strengthens you. You need to hear me this morning. These are some things that we need to learn in the coming year. We got to start embracing some uncertainty in our life because everything ain't going to be spelled out for you step by step, line by line, where you got to go and how you got to deal with anything. There's some uncertainty in your life. Well, I don't know what's going to happen if I do this here. That's exactly what God wants you to be here. He wants you to be like Ben and I. When he dove off into that there pit, he didn't know if he was coming out or not. But one thing he knew, he was going to fight that whenever I answered strength he had. And if he was going to take him out, he was going to give you his best son. Thank you. Thank you, Father. I'm going to be the best pastor I can possibly be. I'm going to be the best Christian I can possibly be. I'm going to be the best church member I can possibly be. I'm going to be the best Bible student that I can possibly be. I'm going to be the best man that I can possibly be. I will not sit back and let that line chase me out of my territory anymore because I'm going to calculate the risk. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to seize my opportunity. And there, I'm going to defy the odds that hell has built against me. And I'm going to start looking foolish to everybody else. Bless him, Lord. Bless him, God. Because I've already been down in a pit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I was pulled out of the deep and miry clay and I was set up on higher ground. I went down in that line and I saw that line that come up against me and he wanted to kill me. I saw that there's truck and it hit me and it started to take me out. I saw that disease as it walked into my family and it tried to take me out. But I want you to know down in the middle of my pit, sister, 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 I was able to grab a hold of the sword of the spirit of Almighty God and I slew that lion. I slew that giant. And it didn't matter if it was a snowy day, a sunny day, a hot day, a cool day, a warm day. It was a day that God had given unto me. And God said, you seized the day. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, God. Tell somebody right beside it and say, not this time. I'm not going to be normal. So for 2022, God's tired of your normal praise. All right. All right. For 2022, he's tired of your normal worship. For 2022, he's tired of your normal face expression. He's tired of your local and normal mindset. In 2022, he is sick and tired of you groaning and being the one that complains all the time. 
In 2021, he is sick and tired of you looking like somebody slapped all the joy out of you uh -huh. all the time. Right. Yeah. Finally, God is saying, I'm going to, I'm going to take it and inject in you enough of faith. You see, they're having everybody running around there right now saying, you got to go get this vaccine. you got to go get this. you got to get, you got to get three of them. Now you might have to get four of them. And God saying, you need a shot of faith. You need another shot of faith. And you need another shot of faith. And you need another shot of faith. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, God, thank you. I was telling Dorothy on the way to church this morning. Thank you, Father God. She said, yeah, I talked to a couple a while back. Woo! She was 80-something years old. And she was telling me how bad life had been. And I looked at her and I said, how old are you? And she laughed and she says, I'm 81. I grabbed myself about a piece of paper. I handed it to her. And I said, Times 81 times 365. And she did. She said, I can't figure that out. I said, take my cell phone. She hit 81 times 365. Came up to a number. Pastor Sissy, I said, take that 365 and times it times 24. She did that. And I turned around and looked at it. I said, now take it and times it times 60. And when she did, it wasn't even computed. Mm -hmm. I said, that's the minutes that you have been on the face of this yes. earth. Mm. Not counting the nine months that you were in your mama's womb. Yes. And God has made sure your heart beat every day. God has made sure that the blood flowed through your veins. God has made sure that you had enough of money to put the food on the table. God has made sure you had clothes enough to wear. God made sure you had shelter. God made sure you had a way to get around. God made sure and he took care of you. What in the world are you worried about now? Because if he's done it all them many times, if he's done it for you before, he'll always be there for you. He'll show up for you when the line goes to roar. He'll show up for you when the line takes out some of your possessions. He'll show up for you when you have to chase that line. He'll show up for you when you show up to the pit and that line is in. He'll show up for you in the dark when all you're doing is sitting there and sitting down and staring down a snarling, yellow-faced, oh, yellow-eyed tiger in line is with you. He'll always be ready for you. He'll always be there for you. He said, I will go before you. I'm on your right, I'm on your left, I'm on your top, and I'm on your bottom. And don't you worry, I'm coming to get you. When I think you can't anymore, I'm coming to get you. Don't worry about it anymore. Not this time, devil. This church refuses to be normal in 2021 and 2022. If you're glad this morning that God has called you to chase lines, stand with me to your feet. If you're happy this morning that God has already used you to chase some lines and take some lines out, then you need to praise him this morning. 2022 is the year that God is going to set his house back in order. He is about to put some new faith in the house. Some of y'all on the back pew is going to have to come to the front pew. Some of you that's been sitting back there scared to death to take your position behind the pulpit. God is going to give you a shot of faith to stand. Yes. And in this hour, God is saying, I have a God-given opportunity, a God-ordained opportunity lay right in front of you. Get your mind off of what the line is doing and chase that line. 
Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, you have moved in this house this morning in a mighty way. God, you have touched and moved, ministered in a great hour, touched everybody's heart. Father, this day and this hour, you have shown us that you've been with us. You've not left us. You've not forsaken us. Today, we are going to commit to follow you. Take this word. Lay it upon our hearts and bind it upon our hearts. Give us the faith that we need. In Jesus' name. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Some of you need to be in this altar right now asking God to give you the strength and the power to face that journey. To find that line. This altar is open. Come, come, come quickly. Let's take just a few minutes. Move to the Lord.